0: Hey church, welcome to Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Cody Mahaffey and I'm the Connections and Group Pastor here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So our mission here is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus your whole life or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help draw you near to the person of Jesus, be challenged and encouraged by his word, and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you really are in him. Well, hey, good morning, Frontline. It's just good to see all of you. It's good to be with you, to worship together post-Easter. Hope you had an awesome week, awesome weather. It's just good. I'm excited to dive in. Uh, to the brand new series that Alex was just talking about, it it's called "Lord, Teach Us to Pray." But before I get into that, I just I want to ask you this question: uh, Is there anything amazing in your life, or spectacular, or awesome, or wonderful? Maybe something you've dreamed of for forever that you see right now, but you see it so often and so regularly, it kind of lost that like pizzazz. Like it lost the wow factor, the thing that just, it was incredible before, but now that you see it all the time, day in, day out, maybe it's a person, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a house that you had your eye on, maybe maybe it's a job, I I think even, I have two young boys, four and one, and and they love all things big, right, all all things big, so trucks, trucks excavators I mean construction equipment they anything big with big wheels, big tires, big engines that's that's what they love. So imagine how overwhelmed and excited they were when I took them to the local fire department a couple of weeks ago when I mean, here's a picture walking in like like these kids were in heaven I mean it's the only time they had ever seen something this big, this wonderful, this magnificent like a fire truck was actually on TV right? We watch Blippi. I don't know if you parents, right? If you can empathize with me for Blippi, right? We endure. If you're old, you're like, Blippi, just consider it a gift from God that you don't know what that is. <laughs> but we've endured. We've lived through it. And so they've seen fire trucks and firehouses and all that. So we brought the boys in. And here's what's funny. They walk in. This is Jordan. This is my one-year-old. They walk in. I mean, look at the size difference here. They, they walked in. They were so timid shy I mean if you know my boys they're not timid or shy they're not quiet uh, they come in they're so quiet they're holding the hands, they're staying close and I, I'm saying to a bunch of the firefighters like they'll warm up, they'll warm up well they they did warm up uh, there's a slide Judah took a liking uh, to one of the firefighters named Abby. Uh, Judah knew the way to get to the top to go down the slide but he kept asking Abby you know what I'm saying four years old he's picking up and he goes Abby, can you show me where the slide is again? And she looks at him. She's, you know, vacuuming at the time. And she goes, Judah, I'm pretty sure you know how to do it, but sure. I'll take you again. And as they're walking up the stairs, Judah's wearing his firefighter outfit. You can go to this next photo. He's wearing his firefighter outfit. It says fire chief on the back. He's got the hat. I mean, he's everything. And he's walking with Abby and he looks at her and he says, Abby, don't worry. It's just a costume. <laughs> Gag, right? I'm like, Whatever. It's funny how comfortable they got the longer that we were there. I mean, they, they just, they got to sit in the trucks and try out the equipment. I mean, they got to see all the different types. They were upstairs. They were in the, I don't know, in the kitchen and watching TV and eating popcorn. I mean, it, it made their life. But here's the thing that was funny that I was picking up on is a lot of the firefighters there. This, this was another day on the job. That I'm sure a lot of them dreamed of this, looked forward to this. You know, it's like, this is what I've worked for and desired. But I think sometimes when you see something over and over and over on a regular basis, you kind of lose some of the excitement that maybe somebody new or somebody younger, or somebody that's experiencing it just for the first time, they have a totally different perspective. We all have that. We all have that. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in life. Maybe it's in relationships. Uh, but I, I also think sometimes that happens with God. Whether we realize it or not, whether we try to or not, and the reason we're, we're stepping into prayer is because I think a lot of times prayer, maybe early on, you might feel intimidated, overwhelmed, nervous, anxious, like, how do I do this? How do I do this right? How do I talk to God? I mean, is it like calling a friend? Like, is there a number you're supposed to dial in a certain way you're supposed to ask for things to get things? I I think early on you have like a timidity or an anxiousness of like, how, how do I actually do this well? But I also think there's another side of the spectrum that says when I've followed Jesus for a long time, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, 60 years, 80 years, whatever it is for you, when you've followed Jesus for a long time, sometimes prayer has the ability to lose some of its pizzazz. Some of it's wow, some of it's amazing. Part of it is why we want to jump into this series because that, that's not what prayer is meant to be. God's actually given us access to himself in an extraordinary way and we get to, to relate to him through prayer. So we're, wherever you're at on the spectrum right now, if you're excited about this series or if you're like, bummer, I was not looking forward to this series or anything in between, I actually think this is going to be a gift to you. Uh, Prayer is the number one focus of our church right now, just in the foreseeable future. It's the thing that we're moving towards and the thing that we're desiring. And it's because when God shows up, when we have a a connection and a relationship with him, it changes everything else. And so what my hope is for you, what my prayer is for you is that as you dive into the series, you would have an open mind as to maybe what God wants to do in you and in your life and in your relationship with him to, to maybe uncap or open up a different way of talking and listening, and relating to God that very well could change every part of your life from this day forward. So I, I hope you'll lean in, I hope you'll, you'll enjoy the series as I've enjoyed the series already, just the preparation part of it, but we're gonna dive in. Jesus' disciples, when they followed Jesus, uh, for three years, three and a half years, they walked with him. There was a question that they asked him one day, and it tells you what they saw, kind of their perception of Jesus. One day they, they said, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray like you pray? I love that question, right? It comes across so humbly. Like, Jesus, can you just teach us how to do what you do? These disciples knew how to pray. Most, most of them grew up like in the Jewish synagogues. I mean, they, they were there. They regularly participated in weekly gatherings. They knew their prayers. They were often recited. They were formulaic. You say this, you quote this, you start here, you end here. And it's usually around the same time or same time of day, same time of week. They, they were used to prayer. They knew how to pray. A lot of you, you would go, I know how to pray. Done that, next question. But the disciples, when they looked at Jesus, they said, you pray different. Like when you talk to God, when you relate to God, when, when we see you in your heavenly father, it's different. Jesus, can you teach us how to pray like you pray? Can you actually teach us how to do what you do? And Jesus, right, you can imagine him smiling. Like, I'm so glad you asked. Jesus, here's how he responds. He says this. Uh, He says, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If you have a certain type of Bible, Sometimes it includes one more line and it says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Different translation. The reason it's not in is because it was uh, discovered in a later manuscript than the most original one. So they exclude it if you're wondering, why, why is that not in? Here, Jesus walks them through Though, I mean, the, the crux, the, the meat of the entire prayer is right here. Anybody else like blew my mind? that prayer changed my life i had no idea i can imagine the disciples saying this that's it like i feel like we can do that like that's all is that all you say you just say the same thing over and over and over and over and over again i think jesus packed so much into this short passage, the short prayer that it's enough for us to unpack for the next couple weeks. And today, so here's what I want to tell you. We're not going to unpack this entire prayer. We're going to do it over the next couple weeks. Today, the only thing we're going to unpack together is this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's it. So if you're a note taker, if you're a reader, if you want to come back, the, the only thing we're going to focus on today is our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So let's start. Our Father. Our father in heaven, Jesus starts off by saying something that would have been picked up on immediately by all of his disciples. Jesus said, our father, throughout the Bible, God has referred to his father over and over and over and over again. Here's a couple passages I'll read for you quick. They're not going to be on the screen, but Jeremiah 319 says this. I thought you would call me father and not turn away from following me. Deuteronomy 32.6, is he not your father, your creator who made and formed you? Malachi 2.10, have we not all one father? Has not God created us? Psalm 103, 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The disciples would have memorized a bunch of those passages. They would have known that God identifies and and shares himself as a father. So, but for Jesus to say our father, the two words that jump out, first one is this, our. I know you're gonna be like, David, seriously? Are we gonna go word by word by word? We will if we need to. Our starts with us, it's every nation, every tribe throughout all the world, every race, every age, every job, every socioeconomic class. God is our Father. I think sometimes where we make a mistake and this is only first word, right? I think sometimes when we make a mistake is we say, God, God, you're just mine. Therefore, you must look like me, think like me, operate like me, talk like me. Jesus says, our father. The word father, the, the word that's used in Greek is pater. Uh, it's where we get paternity. So pater, it's significant because the actual definition of it says this, one who imparts life and is committed to it. It's a significant word, father. When Jesus uses the word father to describe his heavenly father, when he's saying, this is how you pray, it's like, I want you to understand who you're talking to. He's a father. He's one who, who gives life, life that you have, the air that you breathe, the breath in your lungs, the dreams that you have for your future, the relationships that you have, the things that give you joy and energy and passion, those come from God. God created those. He created you. God, as a father, imparts life and he is committed to life. Jesus is saying to his disciples, this is not about a formula. It's not a process. It's not say the right words in the right order and if you get it correct, then God grants your wish like a genie. Jesus is saying, when you approach God, I want you to approach him like he's your father. The time out, not all of us have good thoughts when we think of father, do we? A lot of us, our relationship with fathers is absentee fathers, abusive fathers, critical fathers, harsh fathers, uh, fathers that, that kind of just floated through or didn't add a lot to our lives, even though we craved it. Whatever, whatever the connotation of father has for you, you might have a resistance to looking at God or seeing God as father. You might. But if God is the father that Jesus described and Jesus modeled and Jesus pointed to, then that father is the definition of what a father ought to be. As a father, it's my aspiration to be a father like that. Jesus, as he describes, as he describes God the father and he invites his disciples to relate to him like he does, he's saying, this is about a relationship. It's a relationship of safety a relationship of life, a relationship of gifts where God wants to give. He wants to give life, impart life. He's committed to life. He wants to give you dreams and visions and hopes and passions and grace and mercy. God wants to give you these things that fuel and foster your life. But before before you get too much further, you have to understand that he's a father and he sees us as his children. Our father in heaven, Jesus teaches his disciples. And then he says this next word, hallowed be your name. How many of you used the word hallowed in the last 90 days? Nope. I don't. I, I had to look it up. <laughs> like hallowed. I don't know. I know what it means until you ask me what it means, and then I don't know how to explain it. Hallowed. It's hallowed. Like Halloween? No, not quite. Hallowed. Uh, the, the Greek word's hagiazo. Everybody say hagiazo. Hagiazo. I figured I'd define it for you. Make it easy. So it's to make holy, set apart, or pure. You go, that makes way more sense, right? Isn't that way more clear? Hagiazo, hallowed, to make holy, set apart, or pure. It's funny, the first part of the Lord's Prayer, it's also, it's not like, it's like a paradox, It's like two opposite things at the same time that actually aren't opposite, they work together. Jesus says the first part, our father in heaven, you relate to God as a father. He gives you access like his children. He has an inheritance for you, just wants to bless you and give you and and hold you and and provide for you. Your, Your heavenly father wants a relationship with you like a perfect father. But then the second part says, but don't forget, he is holy, he's righteous, he's pure, he's set apart, he's different, he is the definition of perfection. It's like my boys walking in and seeing the fire trucks. You can bet that I walked in and went, Don't touch. They're perfect. They're beautiful. They ought to be respected. Jesus, as he's coaching his disciples, saying, This is how you pray. You pray to a Father that is holy. You pray to a father that is perfect. You pray to a father that is the definition of righteousness. Even how Alex said it, I had to think about it when he said it But I went, wow, that's good. The perspective that we should have, God is holy and pure and righteous and those are the lenses in which he sees us. All of a sudden, I feel really dirty, unqualified and not given access. I feel disqualified. Jesus is teaching his disciples, you have a heavenly father who is perfect, who wants a relationship with you. I think some of us just need to hear that because when it comes to prayer, we say God wouldn't want anything to do with me because God knows me like I know me and God knows what I do and God knows what I think about. Therefore, God can do his thing, I can do my thing and I think we're gonna be okay. And that's why most of us, our prayer lives are awful or non-existent because I think sometimes we even come in and we go, I have to prove something to you, God. I wanna use big words and and I wanna show you that I'm worthy and I wanna earn something from you. It starts with a father who's so madly in love with you that's willing to sacrifice everything. And then at the same time, a God who is holy and righteous and pure and, and, and you feel the purity when you're in relationship with him. Our father in heaven hallowed be your name. It starts with such grace and love as well as reverence. So you might say, what is the purpose of prayer? Is it to ask for stuff? Is it to get what you want? Is it to show up to God when you have a problem? Is it your 911 that's always available? No cell service required. Is that how you see God? I wanted to write it this way. Prayer is not about getting what you want. It's about wanting what you already get from God. We'll read it again. Prayer is not about getting what you want. We don't approach prayer with the mentality of I'm stepping into this so that I might get or receive or, or, or take. Prayer is not about getting what you want. In fact, if you're gonna go into this series and you go, I wanna learn how to pray so I know how to get from God what I want, when I want it, you're gonna be so disappointed in this whole series. Prayer changes your heart, it changes your posture, it changes how you relate to God. Prayer is not about getting what you want, it's about wanting, it's about a desire, it's about cultivating something deep inside of you, it's about wanting what you already get from God. We're all gonna go, what's that? What do we already get from God? Mind blower himself. Himself. We just celebrated this on Easter last week. This is what we celebrate when we read the Bible. This is what we celebrate when we look at the cross. This is what we celebrate when Jesus defeated death. This is what we celebrate. God, in his goodness, as a loving, holy, perfect, righteous father, said, I want access to my children. I want them to have access to me, that even though I'm righteous and holy and and I demand it, I'm also a loving father. So God created a way for us to be with him and it came through the person of Jesus. Jesus' blood on the cross washed us clean so that we're actually able to approach God from a righteous perspective because our sins are already paid for and atoned for by him. Here's what God is after and here's what prayer gets you is oneness with God. If that is your goal, and if that is your desire when it comes to prayer, you will never leave unsatisfied. So why pray? To be in relationship with God. That's it. Amen. You can leave. Thanks for coming. Glad you all are here. I was talking to Brian last night. We were praying about today and a couple other things. And and he he goes, How can I pray for you for tomorrow? I went, the message is so simple. I mean, it's just this is who God is. This is what prayer is. Go do that thing. So this is kind of this is it. This is prayer. Let me ask this, right? I'm I'm having fun with you. Why don't we do this? Why don't we pray? Why don't we sit with God? Why do we often come to him when we need something, but we don't often come to him when we don't? Why? I think we are so stinking busy. I think we like it that way. I think we like staying busy because we don't have to, to, to sit long enough to allow things to catch up. Maybe it's emotions, maybe it's brokenness, maybe it's sin, maybe it's a sense of worth, that we feel like we get when we're busy and when we're doing stuff, but when we actually slow down and we actually stop, uh, I, I start feeling stuff and thinking stuff that I don't have time to when I'm moving. I think one of the biggest barriers to us actually being a praying church or walking with Jesus through prayer is the amount of stuff we try to cram into to a very short amount of time, and we use prayer as an add-in, and we say, God, I need help. Can you come in right now, please? The best times that I hear from God are when I'm sitting on a bucket in the woods or when I'm in a room by myself listening to music. Do you know what I'm doing in both of those situations? I'll show you. Right here. Can you still see me? Okay, good. This is it. This is the posture. I hear from God when I do this, when I just sit, wait, listen, talk, share my heart. I'm always amazed that when I walk away from a, a time or a setting or a season like this, when God speaks and I hear and it changes everything. I'm not just saying that. I'm not, I'm not trying to make that up or over-glorify something. I'm serious. When I sit and I'm calm, I hear God. It's probably why Psalm 4610, Alex read it earlier. It's that passage, be still and know that I am God. I think when we're actually still, when we actually sit, When we actually rest, we experience God, like it it becomes a knowledge. Like I I know you, I know what to expect from you. I know what to expect from our time together. Be still and know that I am God. But then this next part, we often don't read this next part, but I think it's so significant. It says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Why? Isn't it funny? that when we sit and are still with God, that we encounter God and it leads us to a place of praise of God. Sometimes even in worship, like it's funny, even as a team, we go, are people into worship today? Are they not into worship today? Are we, what, what, what can we do? How can we stir this environment? I think if we just sit in the presence of God, it naturally drives us into a place of worship. You start understanding how great he is, how mighty he is, how merciful he is, how all-powerful he is, how loving he is, and how available he is. All he wants is time with us. And when we get time with him, we walk away and we go, that just changed everything. I just had an interaction. I had an experience, this encounter with the living God. Prayer is not about getting what you want. It's about wanting what you already get from God which is himself. So how do you need to pause this week? How do you need to sit? What do you need to say no to? What what area of your life, what part of your schedule, what timeline can you carve out where you actually just sit down Maybe you turn on music, maybe you go for a walk in the woods, maybe you get out somewhere where it can be just you and God uninterrupted time that you could actually create space for God to speak, for you to listen, for you to do that in a way that that actually leads to change. You're gonna have a bunch of opportunities even just over the next six weeks. We have a number of different themes each week for prayers. We track through the Lord's Prayer. Something I'd love for you to put on your calendar. It's April 25th. It's next week, Tuesday. Uh, we have a prayer night here at Frontline. And the theme or topic of that night is healing. Some of you have things that you're carrying. Maybe it's with your body. Maybe it's with your mind. Maybe, maybe it's a broken relationship, cancer. Wh- whatever it is, You got. He- healing is what I need. Why don't you come next week, Tuesday? I think it's 7 o'clock. We have a prayer team that's here. They're going to be in the back. Uh, They're always right here in the middle. You you can also access them online. It's frontlinegr.com slash prayer. Uh, You have so many different opportunities to pray here or to ask for prayer here. It is the number one focus. but, But here's why it is the number one focus for us. Prayer is all about the access that we have to God. Jesus made that possible for us on the cross. It's what we just celebrated last week. Jesus went to the cross knowing full well that there was a separation and a division between God, the perfect, righteous, holy God, and us. And there was nothing we could do to overcome that, nothing we could do to fix that. Jesus went to the cross, shed his blood, died an awful death so that we might have access to God in an amazing way. It's about salvation when we give our lives to him. But then it's about walking with him in discipleship. Prayer is an integral piece of discipleship. Crucial, vital. I, I don't even think it's possible to walk with Jesus apart from prayer and time with him. So what do you need to do to carve out time, space? What do you need to do to create a pause in your life? I can't answer that one for you. I can tell you for me, uh, we're, we're having fun right now. Just as we close, I think the band's gonna come up here in a second. Uh, As we close, what Shannon and I are doing right now is we're teaching our boys how to pray. And uh, it's really fun, especially like meal time. So Jordan, we call him Jordy. Uh, He's only one years old, but he kind of, it's like he catches up and we'll go, okay, we're gonna pray. And Judah goes like this, I go like this, Shannon goes like this. And then we all kind of just stare at Jordy, like, come on, kid. It's like, he just sits there and like reaches down, grabs one more strawberry. I mean, it's this big... You know, it's like a hostage negotiation. We're going, no, we're ready. And watching him fold his hands, we pray before bed. And when I hear the prayers of my kids, I'm I'm just reminded of how simple this needs to be. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't try to use big words and string it out and try to impress God or other people. Prayer is just the opportunity for us to connect with him like that loving father that he is. As Shannon and I are teaching our boys how to pray, I'm learning how to pray. Been a follower of Jesus for a long time, I'm still learning how to pray. Learning how to just step in and sit in his presence and enjoy time with him. This way of praying, it's also like adoration. It's called adoration. How do you just give God glory and praise and worship and affirmation and celebration All these things that God is, that that we see when we sit, we're just overwhelmed, like, this is who you are? And you love me? You care about me? You wanna hear the things that are heavy on my heart? God, you actually want time with me? Here's what I love about you. I mean, this is how my prayer life is going recently. God, I, I just love your grace. I know what I deserve, and I know you don't give me that. Thank you for just who you are. God, thanks for my family. Thanks for my wife, Shannon. She's a gift I didn't earn, but I'll take. Thank you for my boys, my brother, parents. I mean, it's like you just you keep going, going, going. God, you've just given me and blessed me. And then... And you drive to work, and you go look at the nature, and look at the sunset, and look at the beach, God, and look at the woods and the animals, and it's just, yeah, it's so easy to pray. You just go, you're just awesome. That's that's all I think we should focus on, even for now or even for this week, God. This is just what I think about you. You're just incredible. So we have these things. We're trying to make it easy for you. I think the easiest spot to do this, uh, believe it or not, is in your car. We have these, like, little mirror hanger things. Grab one on your way out. they over at the Next Steps area right out here. Uh, hang it on your mirror. Put it in your car. Today's prompt and this prompt all week, it's so easy. It's just tell God what you love about Him. That's it. So when you're in your car, maybe you're driving by yourself, just use it as time, just you and God. If you're taking kids to school in the morning, uh, before you drop them off, just sit in the parking lot for an extra minute or two, or three, or four, just sit. Tell God what you love about him. Do it as a family. Do it before mealtime. Do it before you go to bed. Do it when you wake up in the morning. Just start. God, here's what I think about you. I'm just blown away by you. The way that you love us, care for us, protect us. You are incredible and you are worthy of being worshiped. So that's how we're going to respond. We're just going to respond and worship because our God's amazing because he loves us, cared for us, died for us on the cross to give us access to do what we're going to do. So here's what I want to ask you to do, whether you're at home, whether you're in the room, would you just stand up? I'd love to just pray for us as we close and then we're just going to worship the God that we've just been talking about for the last few minutes. Sound good? Great. Let's pray together. God, we just come before you right now. We're just overwhelmed by who you are. God, you're so big, you're so mighty, you're so holy, you're so perfect, you're pure, you're set apart. God, you're sitting on the throne right now. There's, there's tens of thousands of angels all surrounding you, just worshiping you, crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And you want us. You wanna hear from us. There's nothing that we've done that has separated us from you permanently. You you just keep giving us this invitation over and over and over. Come back to me, come back to me, come back to me. So God, we just give you awe and wonder. We just give you praise today and celebration. God, I just pray that as we worship here, as we close out even this time this morning, that you would receive our worship for who you are. We love you. We're grateful for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. We hope this message encouraged you to know who God is and who you are in him. If you want to take a next step, visit frontlinegr.com next. We look forward to connecting with you there and we'll see you back here next week.